calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. You're listening to Greetings from Salton Sea, Episode 2, Bones. Here, Callan. Drink this. What is it? It's an electrolyte drink. You mean like a sports drink? Yes. This will help you. Help me? What's in it? I suspect you're dehydrated. It's nothing more than water fortified with potassium, sodium, magnesium, and calcium, and some clearly unnatural color additive. Help me what? Think clearly. I am thinking clearly, Doc. You were muttering before I left the room. Muttering what? That was incomprehensible. Drink up, please. Can you remove this wrist restraint? You have one hand free. The more you drink, the better you will feel. The chair is bolted to the floor. I am aware of that. It was done so at my request several years ago. These props make this feel more like an interrogation than an interview. This is a guided conversation, Callan. One to benefit you, not to harm you. Have you finished? Would you like another? I'd like you to remove this fucking restraint. Take the shit off of me, you smug bastard fucker. Deep breath. Count to ten, Callan. One, two, three, four... I know how to count. And I know the alphabet, and I know who's president, and I know what year it is. You sound better already. I will assume your outburst was due to dehydration. Rather than a psychotic break, you mean? There's no reason it can't be both. Touché, Doc. You say I was muttering? You said, even after all these years, whenever I hear the name Salton Sea, and the rest was gibberish. I embarked on a trip down memory lane. Recalling the events at the coroner's office triggered you. I write in my head sometimes when I want to drown things out. What exactly do you write when you write in your head? Background. I set the scene, 
establish the locale, introduce the characters. In long-form journalism, we call it color. Without it, a story is just a series of typed words strung across a white page. It sounds like a way of distancing yourself from the subject matter, even when it's yourself who's the subject. Oh, I'm never the subject of any sentence I write. Maybe the object, but that's about it. I'm pure third person. Certainly not in your own life story. Whenever I'm embedded, like in a war zone or at the scene of a humanitarian disaster, believe me, the events become a part of my life story, no matter how objective I try to be. But the only way to approach a story, or maybe life itself, is by looking at it through the wrong end of a telescope first, before you reach the in-your-face view from a pair of binoculars, or even the extreme close-up angle of a microscope. So what you're looking at, at least at first, or experiencing, is tiny, far away, indistinct, not threatening at all. An ex-homicide cop I once interviewed shares the same approach. He told me before he ever looked down at a dead body on the street, he spent several minutes gazing at the surroundings, at the buildings, the distant traffic, the fluttering of the yellow crime scene tape, even the birds flying overhead. Then he looks down. That's a desensitizing technique. That's not what you want to do in this room. You're safe here. Am I? What happened next, after you left the coroner's office? It gets steadily worse. Everything in life does. Until it gets better. Anyone ever call you Droll, Doc? Where did you go next, Kellen? The obvious place. To talk to the local cops. Even though you were a suspect in a young woman's murder? This was before I became a suspect. This was before she was dead. Before I even met her. Go on. I'm listening. I... The officer at the desk said you're the detective I should talk to? Sit down. Detective Helen Dove. Rose from the ranks of meter maids to wearing a gold shield in less than 30 years. In fact, I'm the only detective in Salt and Sea nowadays. Not exactly a hotbed of major crimes out here. Mostly petty theft and vandalism. The occasional assault. Though, we do have a serial rapist at large in Imperial County uses a ligature as a restraint. Only a matter of time till the bastard kills someone. Are you here about that? I'm here about my brother, Kevin Rucker. Ah, well now. If you will sit down, Mr. Rucker, we can chat. I don't need a crick in my neck or a reminder that the acoustic ceiling tiles are stained the color of watery shit. Toilet overflowed upstairs in 1989 and we've been living with it ever since. Because of the face. Does that look like the Virgin Mary to you? Huh? You mean the stain? No. Doesn't even look like a face. Eye of the beholder, Mr. Rucker. The image of the Blessed Virgin has cropped up worldwide. She's appeared in the wet stucco of a retaining wall and the support stone in a church arch. 
Grace the occasional bread crust, too. There's pictures on the internet, I kid you not. Stains, though, are most common. <laughs> God works in mysterious ways, don't he? You want to know why the mayor won't replace the ceiling tiles? No. Well, that's why. They're protected. Deemed culturally and historically significant by the city council. <laughs> no need to break out in a sweat, son. I'm just messing with you. Gotta do something past the time in this unrepentant ghost town. Case number? 98732. Yep, here it is. Missing juvenile. Couple of decades back. My brother. I knew that. But it pays to be thorough. He's no longer missing. This is his shin bone. He's dead. I don't know that to be a fact. You can lose a leg and still be hobbling around among the living. Take a tour of the VA hospital in San Diego and you'll see I'm right. Kevin was 12. Age is just a number. You get up in years like me, you'll change your tune. Say, that makes Vernon Rucker your pop, doesn't it? My husband and I bought our house from old Vernon. Still live there to this day. Three bed, two bath ranch with a reinforced concrete motorhome parking pad alongside the garage. Sweet deal Vernon got us. 30 year fixed rate too. I'd like to know what's being done to find my brother's killer. Now hold on, sunshine. There's nothing here to say that your brother was murdered. No saw marks in the bone, no fractures, no bullet creases. For all we know, he died of natural causes. He was dismembered. Yeah, but most likely by scavengers, so that don't count. Coyotes come out of the desert at sundown, jaws twitching and bellies rumbling. Feral dogs, too. Ugh. Birds are the worst, if you ask me. Especially the crows and the seagulls. Always black and white feathers flapping overhead in our picture postcard color-leached sky. Notice that? Both of those birds will tear fresh roadkill into pieces before you can blink. Bottom line, Mr. Rucker. Till we find more bones, we're keeping an open mind. Twelve-year-old boys don't just drop dead of natural causes. Sometimes they do. More often than not, from an undiagnosed heart defect. Tragic, but not unnatural. Kevin had nothing wrong with him when he disappeared. It's not likely you would know, is it? What do your parents have to say? I haven't been to see them yet. Vernon and Alice are getting up there in years. If I was you, I wouldn't put off your visit for too much longer. When your entire family is gone, you got no hope of closure and no chance to make amends, do you? Amends for what? Not ever visiting on holidays, for one. Oh, yeah, son, there's been talk. About you shooting off to college the day you came of age without so much as a buy-your-leave. Vernon and Alice's only surviving son. Left him in the lurch, didn't you? Is that really any of your business? <laughs> now, Mr. Rucker, this may have once been a tourist mecca, but now it's just a small town. Everybody living here knows everybody else's business, including those once removed. That means you. You want my guess? Your brother drowned in the lake, went for a swim, got a cramp, and that's all she wrote. 
washed up on the shore. Critters got to him, picked him clean, and here we are. Kevin wouldn't have gone swimming without me. Shows you, don't it? How little we really know the ones we love. Anyone ever comment that you look like him? We were twins. Ah, that's right. Says so in the file. Fraternal or identical? So if I'm hearing you right, Detective Dove, you're not doing anything to solve my brother's mur- Disappearance. Is that what you're saying? The case isn't closed. It's just cold. Until new evidence pops up, or washes up, not a lot we can do. You can go out and interview suspects. Suspects and what? Got no evidence of a homicide. Got no corroborating contemporaneous eyewitnesses to abduction. No shoe leather was spared back when your brother disappeared. I should know. I was working patrol then. I was part of the house-to-house canvas. Everyone in town was interviewed at least twice. There's nothing whatsoever to indicate young Kevin was even a victim of foul play. Except for this. I sure as hell would call this something. One stray limb bone doesn't even confirm if Kevin Rucker is dead or alive. My advice to you? Slap a nice coat of shellac on that and get a nice little stand so you can display it on your mantle. Use it as a memento to all the good times you shared. Best form of a tribute I can suggest. Looking a little pale, Mr. Rucker. You gotta heave, men's room's down the hall. We'll call you if anything comes up. Have a blessed day. On a remote island in Frigid Lake Superior, a fabricated creature birthed from the mind of a disturbed genius stalks the very people who created it. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling author Scott Sigler is a classic tale of science gone horribly wrong. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Fucking bones. Everywhere you look, there's nothing but bones. Sun-bleached bones as far as the eye can see. Skeletalized fish heads. Ossified bird wings. Can't even see the sand. Maybe there is no sand. Maybe it's all just pulverized bone dust. Hey! Uh, don't mind me saying, but you ought to be wearing a hat when you're out here, fella. It's well over a hundred degrees today. That is, if you're lucky and in the shade. Nothing but direct sun here on the beach. And trust me, the sunbeams can blast a hole right through your skull like a laser. Sear your gray matter to a crisp in a split second flat. Then how can your tinfoil hat be a good idea? Isn't it what they use for cooking roasts in an oven? Ah, this here's aluminum. And I got plenty of air vent holes, see? Poked them through myself with a screwdriver. I got a ball cap, too, if I need a cap with a bill. Way I see it, gotta pay millinery homage to the UFO crowd out this way. You know, dress the part for appearance's sake. I'm a skeptic myself, but I can't see how alien abductions would explain a lot of the ills of the world. I can't argue with that. Offer you a cold one? No, thanks. I'm in recovery. You mean like a repo man? Um, not exactly. I've got bottled water, too, if you could use one. I could. 
Thanks. You're lifeguard Lenny, aren't you? Hey, are you psychic or what? You're the only one out here. And you got a metal detector. Yeah, but guessing the lifeguard part, that's impressive. Isn't lifeguard Lenny what people call you around here? Well, yeah, but you wouldn't know that to look at me, would you? I imagine I resemble a homeless beach bum on my best day. Now, I did used to be the head lifeguard on the beach. But nobody swims in the lake anymore, not for a decade at least. No boating or water skiing either. No fishing, seeing as all the fish are dead. All the fault of fertilizer runoff from nearby farms. A damn shame. Created what they call toxic algal blooms. Almost sounds pretty till you learn it's another way of saying elevated bacterial levels. Now that don't sound pretty, do it? Bacteria. Killed all the fish, and there were millions of them here at one time. You know that old song, Dem Bones? Toe bone connected to the foot bone, foot bone connected to the heel bone. You got it, fella. <laughs> Metaphor for nature. Everything's connected, just like Dem Bones. Fish died first, then went the birds. Birds got sick from eating dying fish. Avian botulism, the scientists called it. Hellish cycle, no reprieve. This stretch was once called the shore. Now it's called Bone Beach, for obvious reasons. No call for a lifeguard, not these days. So, I make ends meet scavenging. You'd be surprised what I find out here. You were the one who found this, right? Let me see it. Oh, hell yeah. That's the bone belonged to that missing boy, ain't it? He was my brother, Kevin. Oh. I'm Kellen. Kellen Rucker. Oh, poor little imp. I said a prayer for his soul before I picked it up. I can promise you that. I could see right off it was human. After all these years, I've developed a keen sense of what kind of bones I'm walking over. And that one sure as hell didn't belong to no bird or fish, no dog or cat either. Right over there was where I found it. See? The red flag marker? That's what the police stuck in the sand to mark the spot. They spent the better part of a day looking for more. Didn't find a thing. Have you found any more bones since? I have not. I would have turned it into Detective Dove if I had. Helen's my sister-in-law. <laughs> she trades homemade cherry pie for whatever information or objects I can deliver, whether they are useful to her or not. We got a standing agreement. Suits us both. I'll pay you to search. I've got cash. Not necessary. Being the town lifeguard instilled in me a sense of civic duty and a sense of civic pride. I've been keeping my eyes peeled for any more of those little boys' bones that might be out here. If there are, I'll find them, and I'll turn them in. Now, I hope you don't mind me saying so, but... You ought to find some shade. Your face is all flushed, and when you stop sweating like you have, it ain't good. You end up with heat stroke. You end up leaving salt and sea in an ambulance. And that's a ride you'll be paying for in more ways than one. <laughs> you got a car nearby? A rental. I left it in the police department parking lot. I walked from downtown. Well, holy shit, that's a long way in this heat. Tell you what, see that post up by the road? The visitor's trolley's gonna pull in there in the next couple of minutes. It's the hop-on, hop-off type ride. 
They only make you pay when you first get on at the courthouse. You just go and hop on, and it'll take you back downtown. That's how I get here in the morning, and it's how I get home at night. Doesn't cost me a nickel. Yeah, maybe that's a good idea. Uh, Take another bottle of water with you, why don't you? Keep hydrated. Good advice. It's the primo directive out here, when the sun and the stink are at their zenith. Thanks, Lenny. Thank you. You take care now, fella. Take care. I'll keep your poor brother in my prayers. Heel bone connected to the ankle bone. Ankle bone connected to the shin bone. Shin bone connected to the knee bone. Greetings from Salton Sea is created by Cassandra Wells and Charlie Randazzo. Written by Cassandra Wells. Directed by Charlie Randazzo. Produced by Fred Greenhalge and Marco Palmieri. Executive produced by Cassandra Wells, Daniel Kamen, Molly Barton, and Julian Yap. Performed by Daniel Kamen, Tom Bayer, Jeff Blumberg, Marta Cross, Harry Gawillam, Jackson Gawillam, Mark Irvingson, Charlie Rendazzo, Time Winters, and Tracy Winters. Post-production producer, Daniel Kamen. Sound design and editing by Charlie Rendazzo. Music by Quiet on the Set. Additional cover art by Heather Mason. Production manager, Devin Shepard. Production coordinator, Angela Yi. Executive in charge for Realm, Mary Asadolahi. Created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Find more shows like this on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.